0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Hey there, I'm Grant Wall. Welcome to the Planet Football podcast. This week's interview guest is Ested Herndon, a national political reporter for the New York Times and a fan of Tottenham Hotspur quick reminder if you like the podcast it would really help us if you go to apple podcasts and provide a rating and a review we'd appreciate you recommending the podcast to someone you know as well onward our guest today is ested herndon he is a terrific national political reporter for the new york times and for the purposes of this podcast he is also a gigantic tottenham hotspur fan He was on the New York Times podcast The Daily on November 20th talking about Kamala Harris's campaign, and he is now speaking to a much smaller audience on this podcast. You can find him tweeting about politics and soccer and all sorts of other things at Ested Wesley. Ested, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate
1: it. And happy Thanksgiving, by the way, since this is Thanksgiving week.
0: Yes, thank you to you also.
1: Before we get to sort of all the news with your team Spurs, there's a lot. I I, want to start by asking, like, what's your soccer story? How did you become a Tottenham fan?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of American soccer origin stories are so random. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, frankly, woke up early on Saturdays and wanted something to watch. Uh, I, like, was never that into... Like, the kind of typical younger, like, cartoony thingies to watch. And so I started watching soccer in Spanish. I had no idea what was being said. I do not speak Spanish. <laughs> and But enjoyed the sport. And, like, I played basketball and volleyball, so, like, didn't play soccer. But eventually got FIFA because of that. Mm-hmm. Then wanted a team that was good but not great to, like, mm-hmm. make the game, like, fun. And just settled on Tottenham, and then um, figured out how to start finding them in real life. And so at the beginning, I was kind of like watching, and by beginning, I mean like I was uh, late middle school, early high school, was watching some of Tottenham, some of Barcelona, Mm -hmm. and I think it was those like early pep teams of Barcelona that like the kind of beauty of the game won right. me over. But then I like like Tottenham, who was not playing like that, <laughs> has never played like that. <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of origin story. Um, and then it was just take off from there. I mean, by the time I was in college, I was helping start the Milwaukee Spurs Club. I hmm. uh, have gone to White Hart Lane, have not been to the new stadium, okay. but will plan to go sometime when uh, work slows up. But uh, I try to go over there, like I've gone there, um, Every year-ish for the last, like, five years to oh, see wow. some match. This year, I saw Chelsea Man United. Okay,
1: nice. So just to give people an idea here, what's your age? I'm 26. Okay, you're 26. Um, and where are you from?
0: I'm from outside Chicago in the suburbs.
1: Okay. I'm always interested demographically just in, in how people pick up soccer and really, you know, get into it big yeah. uh, here in the U.S. Uh, and also how they consume it. So uh, you travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you recently with Datelines from Iowa, from South Carolina, from Atlanta, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you able to consume Tottenham and soccer?
0: Yeah, I think so. During the midterms, I was so much. I last I covered the midterms for The Times, and that was also a lot of travel last year. And I was able to keep up with kind of all soccer because it was a little more calm. Mm-hmm. I've now had to. Uh, uh, scale down into like Tottenham specific, right? (laughs) So I've been much worse this season at watching all Premier League and I just am watching Tottenham. And that usually happens because um, if I'm on the road, I will find a supporters club and I've like gone to South Carolina, to Chicago, to Boston, to like wherever the kind of local bar is and we'll just pop in and watch Mm -hmm. if I can. Sometimes I'm literally writing a story while I'm sitting there. Um, And then other times it's just... um, planning ahead. Like days like today. Today it's kind of a chill day, but on an, if it was if I knew something was happening today and I knew there was a Champions League match during the Champions League run last year, mm-hmm. I would come in early, start writing because I knew that from 3 to 5 or from 1 to 3, I was going to be like hold up on the 15th floor watching. <laughs> so, the thing is like because I tweet so much, my bosses know I'm totally not working, but if you complete your task like ahead of time, they really don't care. <laughs>
1: For the people who follow you for your poli- politics coverage, do you do you get some responses
0: of like, what is this
1: soccer thing yeah. that you've got going?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, that comes up more and more. But like, as I tell people, like I, you know, I, I think that's some more the benefit of having being young. Like, I had Twitter before anyone cared about what my tweets were, and <laughs> at that time, I was still tweeting about politics and soccer. Like, really, nothing has changed <laughs> except that like now thousands of people are along the way with it, and so. Um, I try not to – I really don't care that much. I mean, my thought is if you want strict political things, you can subscribe to The New York Times and follow The New York Times, and you'll see every story. (laughs) Um, And if you uh, – and I feel like, you know, you follow a person, and um, I feel like particularly being young and and I think being black, I feel like there are a lot of times that – younger reporters feel like they can't be themselves and they're kind of the full version of themselves and so i feel kind of like tied to like you know what like be who you are and um i think that there's enough political thought in those tweets that i would uh stick around even if i was here for politics but i do every now and then get like a like what what is a what is this thing going on because i'll go days with like not tweeting about politics like at all (laughs) I think on the run up to the Champions League final, I was like full memes, full, full soccer. It was like absolutely nothing to do with politics.
1: Are we at a stage now where you can go to most places or a lot of places in this country and and watch soccer at a at a bar? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, especially the early states. So for me, the early voting states I'm in um, frequently. So you have Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and and Nevada, particularly Vegas. Um, I'm always able to find someplace. Okay, Maybe it's not a supporters club, but it's a, you know, pub, okay. and you can go there. And there's usually some, you know, obviously in the bigger cities there's more options, but yeah. um, I mean, I've hung out, I watched the FA Cup last year with the Columbia, South Carolina guys, who are very nice, <laughs> nice. Um, I've watched, you know, like I have, um, I, you know, I I feel like wherever I have been, it's been pretty easy to be able to find, and as you mentioned, like, that's definitely a change, um, mm-hmm. and you can feel, I feel like everyone who's been around not even that long, maybe 10 years or eight years, can palpably feel that change. Yeah,
1: interesting. Um, when I first asked you to come on this podcast, I had no idea you'd be coming on just as all hell was breaking loose <laughs> at Tottenham Hotspur. What do you make of Mauricio Pochettino being fired, not just yes. leading, but being fired, yeah and being immediately replaced within hours by, of all people, Jose Mourinho.
0: You know, I went through a stage of emotions. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm like a cult member of the Pochettino Club. Like, okay. I think that if you were around, I mean, like, I mean, I'm not even, I'm a child, but like, if you were around for even AVB, right or Harry, right now like <laughs> this it is a world of difference and like i had an unlimited lease for Vauchetino because last season was the best season we've had in my life right like less than 6 oh, months ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 and 100% and so that run and the just clear growth in the team and just kind of the spursiness that he like would would uh he got rid of and a lot of senses right and i don't i don't think it's fair to just count that in trophies like the way we just didn't capitulate on a daily basis was new, yeah. <laughs> and um, so I I loved Pochettino. But I have um I have a group of friends, and we are in a Spurs group chat called Susoke Bros. And um, <laughs> I remember saying at before the Champions League final, this is it, like this is the poch- like this is the culmination, and we're either going to win or it's going to explode, and. Um, we had a, we had like a discussion about that before, but I remember being so sad on that day. Not just because we lost, or that I, we weren't sh- sure if we we're going to come back, but like it was over. It was very clear to me that like this was the end of an era, and what was going to come after that was going to be chaos.
1: That's an interesting take because I was just in Liverpool for a story and. They were talking, Liverpool fans, about how important it was that final, that if they had lost that final after losing it the year before, that that would have been just the most crushing loss for all of Liverpool. But my sense kind of was that Tottenham was playing with house money, if I'm being honest, at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. But you're saying, you actually predicted that this this was going to go wrong if... Let me couch that. So I, we were playing with house money. We were wor- we were a worse team than like <laughs> Liverpool is better, and um, always it was an underdog. It was my thought that the the Pochettino project mm-hmm. had led to this moment, mm-hmm. and what happened after may it not. I may I, I don't think I should say I knew it was going to be chaos, but what happened? What would happen after that would have to be a rebuild. Okay, and so I didn't think that it would have to lead to his firing. Right, but I definitely thought that um, it wasn't going to be the kind of continuous trajectory that we had seen, mm-hmm. because that was the culmination. I mean, there was no better point for us to get to, and also there was just like squad turmoil, right? Which obviously became obvious in the last couple months. I mean, for did they need to fire him? I feel like something had to change, mm-hmm. and I because I kind of felt that way about the Champions League. I don't I I was I was kind of personally sad, Mm -hmm. but I think it was a fine decision. Like, I think it made sense in my mind. He wasn't going to leave. They would have to fire him. And I think they weren't going to get rid of all the players. (laughs) So there was there was a kind of rock and hard place effect. And so but I was definitely sad. I was bummed, (laughs) you know, Um, just because like what he did. And, and so that was the tough part.
1: I I just wonder, I said this on our podcast yesterday um, that I think people now expect Tottenham to be this good or a top 14 yeah. every season and a team that can go deep in champions league every season. And that's mainly thanks to Pochettino yeah. and that people sort of forgot what was like before him.
0: Yeah. And it could go back Sixth, to that. Right. Yeah. It, and it, it's a very thin line between uh, the kind of uh, you know AVB Redknapp Sherwood era of sixth to fourth, right? <laughs> or or and kind of uh, and cup team like a league cup team, right? Then you know a consistent Champions League qualifier, and not only that, but like you know, obviously the run last year, but a, a quarterfinal appearance before that, you know, like a, or, or around 16 appearance before that, like a real out of group stage, hopefully today, right? Like, yeah. um, contender. And so I think that if you know that, then Pochettino was always, the, the noise about him not winning was always kind of stupid because like you were, you know, we weren't winning before. It was just even <laughs> more embarrassing. Um, and so I think I think what I like about what at this point, let me couch that. What I like about the potential of Mourinho is that it commands immediate respect from players who are talented. Yeah. They just weren't playing. <laughs> right? And of he can change the squad in ways that they have to immediately respect. And I think some of what I wanted Pochettino to do was so wrapped up in personality stuff that he just like wouldn't do it. You know, there's yeah. like I, you know, I'm part of the folks who think that Harry Winks needs to be dropped, mm. who thinks that Harry Kane plays too much, who and like has doesn't run anymore, and that's like a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that they're like, and so and so like people like Le Celso need to be rotated in like way more, and so I was somewhat I think that Pochettino was tied to personalities, and I'm hoping that what the promise of Marino is is an ability to really kind of, um, because he's the biggest winner, biggest name in the room, and he's now making more money than all of them, <laughs> they would never <laughs> pay for <both> Jadina, <laughs> then uh, I'm hoping that commands a level of respect.
1: What do you want to see with Christian um uh, Alder Yeah, those guys?
0: Uh, I think I think Erickson has to go, probably. January? January, to me it seems where we are in January. Like, I mean, Erickson's a valuable person if particularly if he can research like if the Alley resurgence can be sustained. And that's the creative force. Christian Eriksen is a very valuable player to have in that and as a as a supplement to there. Mm-hmm. And I think he's needed some competition. And if we're if we're through to the Champions League uh uh knockout stages, um I would want Christian Eriksen still there. Okay. So the summer is fine by me. Um the same kind of with Altidoro. It's like I think that uh both of them had rightly, you know, like part of the wage structure stuff it's out and I'm like, they have rightly known that they can make more money elsewhere. I think I think Erickson thought Real Madrid was just waiting for him in the way that it probably wasn't. Where we know that it wasn't. But um I don't blame that on them. I think that what I hope is provided to them is like belief now. Yeah. And I don't think that was there before. And so uh, I think particularly in the Champions League, or even a resurgence in the league that like gets us back to the top four in this, because the rest of the league isn't that great either. Yeah. Like, um, I would hope that that would get some buy-in that just lets that happen in the summer. If it's toxic, it, it like if it's toxic, get rid of them in January and let's just clean the clean the slate.
1: What do you see happening the rest of this season
0: for Spurs? Um, I think it's too early to tell with Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a win today would do a lot of morale good. Um, We're
1: recording this on Tuesday, by
0: yeah, the way. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> uh, against Olympiacos today. Um, I think that the best case scenario is fourth and a cup run mm-hmm. somewhere. It could be Champions League or FA Cup, wherever, whenever it happens. The worst case scenario is like Mourinho chaos. Um, which I guess always looms over the mind, you know, like, could, you know, as we know in year three. But, like, <laughs> as you say, he's never taken a team over midseason. Maybe the players are just revolting. Like, full chaos could be upon us. Um, and I, I'm i still kind of optimistic. Mm-hmm. I think they, got, they made changes early enough. And just the rest of the league looks so murky that, like, it doesn't seem to me what are we now like 6th or 7th like after just one win you know so I don't it doesn't seem to me that 4th is out of the question I mean Liverpool's probably gonna win the league so
1: plus I also see Mourinho could really do something in Champions League knockout rounds
0: yeah I think one of the things that like you know Pochettino there, you know, it gives me like uh, I'm also a big basketball fan. It gives me like the Dwayne Casey like ra- Raptors vibe. Like, there's a coach that can bring you to the dance. And there's a coach you want to dance with, right? And I don't, I don't know if that's true. But in the, the best case of scenario with Tottenham, mm. Mourinho is someone who can take the players from being very good to knowing how to win, and just that that could just be like tactical stuff mid game and like. Pochettino's refusal to sub to the 70th minute like enraged all of us, right? And so, like the uh, you know, like some of that stuff I hope can be corrected.
1: So tell me where you were the Champions League semifinal second yeah. leg.
0: I was in New York. Um I was at Flannery's the uh the Tottenham Bar, mm-hmm. and I was with a couple friends. So funny, I <laughs> so clearly. Elizabeth Warren had just released um <laughs> um a prescription drug pricing plan and I had left the office and they were like because we had agreed that we weren't gonna write about it. And then it had made some new some other outlet road and they were like, no, we now need to do it, blah blah blah. And so I had to leave the bar for the first fifteen minutes, like like first ten ish minutes of the match and like furiously type it out on my phone. <laughs> And I was like, I'm not coming back. Like, I don't know if you all realize this. Like, you can fire me. You can do what you want, but I'm not coming back to the office. I'm like, not happening. So I was back in um, planners. We were down. I see the goals. Um, uh, you know, it's. I remember it. Like, I don't... Maybe I'm just... That's the thing that Pochettino instilled that just is, like, optimism that mm-hmm. I've never had before about time, right? <laughs> so, like, even in... Two goals in. A whole yeah. bunch of people left. I was like, oh, I I believe. Like, let's do oh, this. Wow. But it wasn't like an expectation. Right. It wasn't like I thought it was going to happen. But it was, it possible. was just that, I like, realize. I had believed in that squad, the manager, that team, like, after the Man City stuff. I'm like, something's going down. And goals go in. But I remember the real moment is when, um, is when Ajax hit the post. I looked at my friend, and I was like, we're going to score. We're going to score. <laughs> like, you know you know how like there's games when like a goalkeeper's on fire and you know you're just not going to score. Right, right? like um, I was like, we're going we're gonna to score. It was the greatest. It was the greatest. Huh. It's nice. been all downhill since. <laughs> uh.
1: Are you a fan of any other soccer teams, whether it's European clubs or clubs in the U.S. or
0: the U.S. national teams? I am like not fully, I'm, I like passively watch a lot of soccer yeah. elsewhere. I don't like, Have a committed force elsewhere. Um, I like, I mean, like, I probably care more about US women's than men's. Okay. I, and I've like gone to a couple US men's matches. I don't know what it is. It just has never really clicked for me. Uh, They're
1: they're also in the worst stretch of the the last 25 years. No,
0: definitely not. But like, it just is really like (laughs) never. People are like, oh, like, why aren't you like for a national team? I was like, that's just never really clicked. I've been to some MLS matches. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've I've been to a bunch of Chicago Fire games because I grew up outside uh, Chicago. Now Chicago
1: Fire FC. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Big critical difference. (laughs) Um, And i like, watch MLS playoffs. Yeah. But, like, definitely nowhere, no one I have an active rooting for uh, outside Tottenham. I feel like my kind of sports emotions have been filled up. Like, Tottenham, Chicago Bulls, and, like, I – care about those teams so deeply right I don't necessarily feel like I have a more emotional capacity to give elsewhere got it um but I do like you know I'm not like a I'm not like an elitist I, like I do watch other <laughs> so, other soccer
1: so I, I have a question for you here and I'm curious to hear the answer I have a prediction which of the Democratic presidential candidates do you think is the biggest soccer fan or at least might have a passing interest in the sport?
0: My first thought is Yang. Okay. Um, Because he's the most normal person. (laughs) I mean, I'm not. That's not an insult to any other presidential candidate. He's just never had elected office. He doesn't kind of behave like an elected (laughs) official. He like, as someone who has interacted with them, it's very much like, your substitute teacher is running for president. You know? <laughs> um, and so, like, that would give me the vibe that he, like, is interested in watching soccer. Or maybe I have the time to. Um, who else would watch? My prediction would have been Mayor Pete. Um, not a bad one. I would say yes because of age and because of, like, he's, like, a... Uh, 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 you know a tastemaker right like he likes like you know like he like you know loves the wire and like you know yeah. like all things he should love and so yeah. uh soccer would fit very nicely into that persona
1: but i don't know he tweeted Indiana, something he tweeted something at he? the at the U, about the u.s soccer federation i don't know if somebody told him to or at, you know someone one of his he, i know he still
0: ran his twitter until recently Okay. that he like still was very much uh, I was just on a bus tour with him throughout yeah. um Iowa and one of the things we were talking about was social media and he was saying that um he used to just like all the way up to like 3 or 4 months ago used to do his own, do his own tweets and read his Twitter and he's like it's too much now yeah. and, like that would seem to be smart yeah. but um <laughs> so if you saw the u.s federation tweet and it was more than three months ago it was probably him
1: it was just one thing though so i had never seen anything else so i did uh, meet some guys who were starting an actual pro soccer team in mm-hmm. south bend mm-hmm. last week down in miami i mean he would know and, that right like and they were like where well, we want to go to being with mayor pete and and like that makes sense i guess even yeah. if he's
0: not but like it, i would definitely say he probably know the most about soccer Um, I don't know if he's necessarily a soccer fan, but he would know, uh, you know, he's kind of culturally with it and younger and and actually, like, obviously, like a mayor of a town. But, like, I would imagine Booker would have to know something because of Newark, too. And, like, this, like, you know, and, like, kind of the Stadium and all that stuff. Um, So I would guess the mayors would. You know, Castro? Yeah. San Antonio? Yeah. He should know something. Oh, he he posted a um, video with him and his kid playing soccer the other day. So I would say the mayors.
1: Okay. Interesting. And this brings up a story idea that is sort of one of my white whales that I want to do someday in my career. Yeah. Wanted to do it with Obama. Don't think I'd do it with the current president. But I want to tutor the president of the United States for a stretch, some period of time. Doesn't need to be that long. About how to have small talk with foreign leaders about soccer. Yeah. Because cr- I actually think it would be in their interest yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. And Obama always seemed, not that he was anti-soccer, he just, he just was so p- basketball. Yeah. Um, that uh, I think like Angela Merkel, for example, was is that? like a huge fan of the German national teams.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think it's a good idea? I do think it's a good idea. I also think like, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that sports can function i mean i would say just in my role going across the country to just talk to random people often about like asking them like personal political feelings there are there's like a unique role that sports play in ice breaking that is so helpful like i don't really eat, i remember when i was covering crime in boston one of the things i would do like i don't care about baseball that much <laughs> and i would go read up to like what was the current red sox drama because it would be so great for breaking ice i would be like my god david price can't pitch in the playoffs again and like someone would like we would have like a five minute meaningless conversation and then i can ask them about the horrible thing that happened on the street right but like it was like this thing this like role that sports plays in that kind of breakdown that was actually really um great and i think that applies at all levels of kind of um uh, of culture and so yeah i think it's a great idea i've been particularly like I know when I, um, like friends and in my life, like there's so much that soccer's taught me about, like geography. Like Mm -hmm. people will be like, oh, I'm from Italy. I'm like, Okay, but like, where? And I, yeah. I've been to Italy once, you know? Like It's like not because of any deep knowledge. It's because like, I have all these like soccer things and I have all these stereotypes in my mind about who's from where. And like, that's probably not helpful either. But Just last
1: week, I learned that North Macedonia is a country yeah, and that it can still qualify for the Euro next yeah. summer, which is kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: it's, again, like all of all of the things soccer has taught me. <laughs> I mean, before, I keep telling friends, like, I need to travel elsewhere out of Europe. But it's like, also like, but should I see Tottenham again? You know, like it's like the dual (laughs) force in my life consistently.
1: (laughs) It's, It's just too bad MLS isn't quite there yet, or really not that close, especially in Boston, that when you're up there, you couldn't have, instead of talking about David Price said, can you believe the revs are freezing out right. Lee Win? Yeah,
0: yeah, you yeah. Know? It was not there. And I can tell you, in Western Mass, it was particularly not there, which is where I was spending a lot of time. It was all David Price. It was all Tom Brady. Uh, you, could, you could barely get the Celtics out there, honestly.
1: Um, I also am curious about Trump in soccer mm-hmm. because he actually has embraced soccer more than mm-hmm. I would, would have expected he was a pretty big part of the World Cup right. bid, which was successful. Um, his son, Barron, apparently plays and yeah, yeah. like is an Arsenal fan. Um,
0: are you as surprised as I am? On one hand, and one on one point, yes, because it doesn't seem to kind of like fit with his like kind of cultural message, right. particularly like the America centric stuff. I think on the other hand, what Trump has shown, particularly in this White House, is an ability to like. It's like a, like, if the right person contacts him, he will become a champion for a lot of things, right? It's, uh, uh, you know, if you would have told me five years ago that he would, like, be, like, the big prison reform guy, it would be kind of surprising. But the right combination of people who he really cares about Hmm. can deliver him a win, and he is willing to do that. I mean, this is a president that is um, not fully but somewhat ideological less right and the the kind of guiding light is oftentimes um like securing a political victory a short-term kind of thing and so it doesn't surprise me that people with access or money like the federation has been able to use that to their advantage um as others have and so i think on my um on my kind of personality side of me it doesn't seem think that that's a, a fit but once we know the kind of way this white house is operated like everyone has had an ability uh uh with the if you have the right people to get some traction um and and some people have really used that to their advantage
1: interesting um i mean I don't know if you saw about six weeks ago outside the white house trump pops up one day with the fifa president johnny <laughs> infantino and i was just like what what's happening there yep.
0: i mean listen there's probably a whole story to do about what happened, right? Uh, we have seen a lot of people pop up in a lot of places where the question was, what is happening? Um, and so, uh, you know, and that's really because they're, they're fluid and it's unstructured. And we know that from the reporting and uh, and that provides a lot of people a lot of opportunities.
1: We're just wrapping up here with Ested Herndon, the national political reporter for the New York Times and Tottenham fan. Um prediction time how long do you think jose Mourinho will last at spurs
0: i'll do the three seasons i'll, <laughs> I'll do like
1: three and a half or two and a half.
0: Two and a half. <laughs> uh so this will be the half and then we'll get to i think we'll get a cup i think we'll get the trophy out of it really that's my big prediction we'll which
1: w- which is more than poach got
0: yes we'll be wor- we'll be worse as a, as in the league yeah it'll be crazy it'll be <laughs> typical pochettino madness we won't I mean the typical Mourinho madness. We will not I my I guess my prediction is we will not have the consistency in the league and the growth of young players. Like we won't have like what we like what we morally hung our hat on, but we'll like win a League Cup. <laughs> Which would be better, a League Cup or a Europa League? <laughs> league Cup. <laughs> <laughs> the Europa League would mean that we had a year of League sadness preceding it. So <laughs> So just give me give me the League Cup. <laughs> of where i am right now honestly i'm like <laughs> let's just you know let's have the raise one and then we can call it to that
1: <laughs> and just to end things up what else intrigues you in the soccer world right
0: now um i'm kind of impressed with lampard and chelsea yeah um i so hate chelsea so like i you know like obviously like i'm not in london so i don't have to have like i feel like my anger can drift from where the Tottenham based London fa- London based Tottenham fans anger drifts Yeah, I hate Chelsea so much more than Arsenal um, <laughs> <laughs> just truly I mean I feel, feel like they've inflicted actual pain of the last five years yeah. like Leicester City year the League Cup loss like and they're just annoying where I find like Arsenal is just like noise you know Um, so the fact that they're like somewhat likable right now is particularly annoying to me um what else do i find interesting um i mean i think the i mean per usual like can the champions league money teams actually do something um the juventuses the psgs the main cities yeah um to me is often like a great point of the year um and i think we're rebuilding up to international stuff which is good um uh, but yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of coaches that I mean, where Pochettino ends up next, yeah, is really interesting to me. Like United, Bayern, Bayern, wherever that happens will be will be. I feel like he. I guess that depends on how real him going to United originally was, but um, I mean Real Madrid was where right? Real Madrid was we thought th- he long. might go. So yeah, I mean, I think that that. Um, those are kind of the storylines I'm looking for. But like, honestly, it's been like a, I think it's kind of a fun year so far. Uh, Lester's back, that's cool. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of interesting things. And like, I think like the top to bottom interestingness of the Premier League is good this year. Yeah. Um, Partly because of the chaos happening at the Tottenham's and the Arsenal's and the Man U's, right? All right. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking at.
1: Cool. His name is Ested Herndon. You can find him on Twitter at Ested Wesley, A-S-T-E-A-D, Wesley. Ested, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Ested Herndon as well as producer Harry Swordout and everyone at Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Remember, if you like the podcast, it would really help us if you go to Apple Podcasts and provide a rating and a review. And we'd appreciate you recommending the podcast to someone, you know, see you next time.